What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up, presented by Fantasy Alarm. I'm your host, Howard Bender. With me, of course, Adam Ronis. I gotta tell you, Adam, there is uh, there's stuff going on here. You know, we could sit here and we could lament about MLB, DFS, and seasonal all over again, over and over ad nauseum. Uh, but let's uh, let's tilt tonight's uh, to today's episode here towards uh, towards the fantasy football world. You and I just did the fantasy alarm uh, mock draft that's going to be coming out in our draft guide. You guys can get that fantasyalarm.com slash NFL draft guide. One word, fifty percent off, under twenty bucks. Always well worth it. And uh, and so Adam, you and I just did that mock, but I think the uh, the big news crushing around everybody. No, it's not the Raz Bowl starting up either. I'm talking about Damian Williams opting out of Kansas City. This is the first. Uh, this is the first opt out that's not a, a defensive player or an offensive line. This is this is an, a fantasy impact opt out. Yeah, that's for sure. Damian Williams opting out for the Kansas City Chiefs. So Clyde Edwards-Helaire definitely going to be rising up draft boards. We did see one FSGA draft where he went in the first round. I think that surprised a lot of people. He's generally been going in the second round of a lot of drafts. And I think even more recently, he started to fall a little bit into the third round because I think some people are downgrading rookies significantly with the lack of offseason activities and no preseason. But uh, I was pretty high on Edwards Hilaire to begin with. I mean, I did get him in some early best balls in the second round and of course uh, I was not on the clock when the news broke you know some lucky bastard was able to just check the news and be like oh third round Edwards Hilaire thank you so but that's part of being in a slow draft you have to understand that and that's why I think not all the time but there are some people who intentionally let the clock run out because of breaking news and you know it's rare that we get it but I don't know if some people did that today, but that probably happened in a few leagues. And Edwards Hilaire, certainly a guy that they took at the end of round one. And we rarely see running backs go that early now. He's just a, it's an offense you want a piece of with Kansas City. And Damian Williams was successful the last couple of years, even though he couldn't make it through a season. That was my biggest concern with him. Like last year, I saw him go in the second, third round, and I was laughing. I was like, really? Okay, good luck with that. <laughs> and it didn't work out because he didn't stay healthy. And I know he had a great postseason, but the guy's 27, 28 years old. So, yeah, he might have played a role earlier in the year, but I think Edward Tillera was going to evolve anyway. Now, we'll see. I don't know what the NFL rule is, but in baseball, Nick Markakis is back. So I don't know if Damian Williams could change his mind. I didn't read all those rules. We're seeing it's August 3rd that players can opt out for the NFL. And I think they might even be extending that a little bit. But I'm pretty sure, you know, he's probably good with his decision. And Edwards Hilaire uh, was great at LSU. And he's going to play a big role in this offense, catch a ton of passes. And he's definitely a first-round pick now. And we'll see. Some people might, you know, go crazy and push him up really far. And we'll see if they also bring in a, another veteran running back. Uh, obviously, people are going to throw out Devonta Freeman, LaShawn McCoy, and all these names of guys who are out there. Because right now, on the depth chart, it's DeAndre Washington, Darwin Thompson, and Darrell Williams behind them. So I would uh, definitely be in on Edwards Hilaire right now for sure. I was definitely stoking the flames uh, when that went down. So where where are you? So your Razbol draft. Uh, for those of you who don't know the Razbol, it's uh, you know our friends over at uh, at Razbol, and they they run uh, a series of uh, of experts leagues. They do the uh, or industry leagues, should I say? 
let me say industry. That's better. Um, and they just they do it for for football and baseball, and it's a best ball format, and you know different you know different tiers. Uh, once you get towards the playoffs, so it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of industry folk in there. Um, wh- where are you? Uh, where are you drafting in yours? What position? I'm picking number seven. Okay, I'm I'm twelfth, so I'm on the wheel. And and where were you? <laughs> Here we go. Where were you, Adam, when the Damian Williams name broke? Yeah, I was at it was at three two. So I knew he was never going to make it to me because. Someone, I mean, almost everyone pays attention to news and Twitter. If you're in the industry, you better. If you don't, then uh, you're really not going to do much and not go far. So the news was all over the place. So I knew there was no chance he was making it to me. And it's funny because before that news broke, we're doing it on the NFFC platform. And I don't know if you noticed, he's really buried. So I was like, after I was like, oh well, yeah, that's right, Edwards Hilaire. Let me go find him. Went down. I'm like, oh wow, I think he was like at 120. So I put him in my queue. This was before the news broke, and then the news broke. And I was like, oh, because I was gonna take him in round three before <laughs> the news broke. And then once the news broke, I'm like, all right, well, there goes that plan. I guess I'm going to Plan B now because I knew he wouldn't make it back. So all right, so I'm sorry. One more time, who took him right before you? How far? And no, it know? wasn't. It was at three two, and was I was at okay. three seven. So gotcha. all right, so like five picks ahead of you. Okay, I yeah, got gotcha. you. So I knew he wasn't going to make it. Yeah. So the guy who was picking eleventh in our league had been on the clock for about two and a half to almost three hours uh, when the news broke, and I was like, ooh, you know, I mean, you know. Man, maybe we'll see what happens. I mean, the news broke, and I was like thinking, all right, maybe he. Uh, I mean, because seriously, like, still on the board, we're like, I mean, bigger names. Like, you know, you still had DeAndre Hopkins and Tyreek Hill. You still had Derrick Henry and Josh Jacobs and Aaron Jones. They're all still sitting there uh, available. So I was like, all right, well, maybe you know, maybe this guy doesn't buy into the hype, and he's not one of those, you know, those guys. Cause I'll tell you what, man, I'll sure as hell will jump in it with my second pick. I was, I was, you know, I was totally getting ready to do it. And, uh, and lo and behold, uh, with about 40 minutes to go before he burnt his four hour clock, uh, there was the Clyde Edwards Hilaire uh, selection and, uh, pushed me, uh, to, to alternative measures. Yeah. You figured that was going to happen though. Uh, but you're right. There were maybe, you never know. Everyone views it differently, but the problem is, there was so much hype on social media that someone could be susceptible to it. You know, I always want to think for myself and I'm not worried about what others say. And it's kind of reflected sometimes in my draft picks. People will be like, oh, you took that guy too early. I'm like, well, I didn't, according to my rankings. Like, I don't care what ADP says. You know, I'm going by what I think because ADP is never 100% correct. We already know that in a lot of sports, we don't, the first round is wrong 30, 40% of the time. Yeah, so, totally. Yeah, so I don't worry about that. Um, and, you, you know, someone – I bet I wonder if that guy really felt that strongly or just got sucked in by the social media hype. Um, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's Anthony Amico. So, I, you know, I mean, I, I, Amico's a, a, the type of dude who, you know, stays on top of the info and, you know, would, would be a, a guy to plant your – you know, to plant his flag in it, to make that move, just to say, you know, listen – if this news just breaks and it's in the forefront, you know, Bender's right behind me with two picks. I can either 
take a shot that Bender's not interested, or I can just make this move right now and, you know, still get somebody quality on the other end. So, I, you know, I don't think it was him getting caught up in the hype. What I did find, you know, kind of goofy, though, was with his second pick, he ended up taking Tyreek Hill. Like, you know, okay, listen, you're going to double down on the Chiefs now? Is that, you know, how it's going to, you know, going to end up being? But, I mean, I guess, you know, because that's one of the one of the questions that, you know, we've always talked about here with baseball. Um, you know, how many guys from the same team are you, are you looking to grab at any point? What happens if, you know, COVID does to football what it did to baseball? And that, like, you lost all those Marlins. Like, that yeah, kind of Yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't play like that, man. You know, yeah, you like. Can. I, of course no, you, you can. can. I'm not playing like that, though. I mean, right, you're, you. you're just going to be cautious throughout the whole draft. You got to take the best players in the first couple rounds, man. I mean, Tyreek Hill, that's one of the best offenses in the NFL. There's nothing wrong with going Edward Tulare and Tyreek Hill. If COVID happens, it happens, man. We, you, you can't sit there and you're going to say, well, I'm not going to take it from this team because COVID, uh, I'm not drafting like that. I mean, it depends on the players. I mean, you know, listen, if you're sitting there and it's like you're, you're making a choice between DeAndre Hopkins and Tyreek Hill and you already have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, guess what? I'm taking DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not. I'm taking Tyreek Hill every time. Well, you're nuts because, I mean, DeAndre's going to going to light it up in this Arizona offense. They got no Yeah, I'm not so sure it. about I'm not so sure about that, man. You know, remember, he's changing teams and he's working with a new quarterback and he's not going to have We've seen this numerous times. Receivers who change teams, they usually struggle the first year. And DeAndre Hopkins is not going to get a target share of over 30% like he did in Houston. Dude, look at how many well, I I that I disagree with because I mean, where else are they going with it? Are they going everywhere to to Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald? Um, what Andy Isabella? I'm not worried about that. I don't even know if you know who their stupid tight end is. I think it's Max Williams, who's really cool because he has two X's in Max. Oh, they got Dan Arnold too, I believe. Ah, yeah. Oh, so they don't use they don't use they use a lot of four wide receiver sets. They wanted to do it a lot. They couldn't do it as much last year because they didn't have the personnel. But I, I, I would take Tyreek Hill over. Remember, this is best ball for the first nine weeks, and then you set your lineup. So and it's also an overall. So you do it like stacking an overall definitely makes sense, because if you're right about the Chiefs offense, which I mean, it doesn't really you're not going out on a limb saying, oh, the Chiefs are going to be a prolific <laughs> offense. But I'm saying like if Edwards Hilaire does get that main job, they don't bring anyone else in and Tyreek Hill stays healthy like people people forget like what a, a monster Tyreek Hill is like. 87 receptions, 1479 two years ago and 12 touchdowns. Like, he was banged up last year. Mahomes was banged up. Tyreek Hill is a league winner, man, if he stays healthy for 16 games. So I have no problem with that. And I think uh, I would have done the same thing. I'd definitely take Tyreek Hill over DeAndre Hopkins. Well, not me. Definitely not me on that one there. And I'll I'll say this. uh, Listen, you know, yes, Tyreek Hill, you know, in a best ball format, this is great. I mean, he can be a league winner because he does have those explosive games. But he also has dud games and we've seen a a bunch of that if you look at his game log last year i mean the majority of the damage he did was like five games so you know and mahomes was hurt go back to 2018 there's not as many of those down games right i got you but you know i mean holmes mahomes was hurt for the first couple you know for like what three games in the beginning i mean it wasn't like mahomes was down and out we never saw him again he like screwed up his knee he was back way early he wasn't the same quarterback when he came back. See, that's the thing that people get misled about. These guys come back early from injuries. They're not themselves. The same thing with Devontae Adams. Everyone's like, oh, Devontae Adams didn't score touchdowns last year. He wasn't 100%. Go look at what he did his last few weeks of the season and in the playoffs. He was dominant. And also the Packers offense 
were a primarily run offense last year because the game scripts were in their favor. The Packers overachieved last year. There's no way they're going to be as good this year. They're going to be playing from behind more and have to pass more. So you have to look at these things in context. And Mahomes was not 100% last year. I know he only missed, I think, two games. But when he came back, if you watch him, he wasn't all there. He's going to be 100% going into the year. And Tyreek Hill is just going to go off. So I'd rather have Tyreek Hill. All right, listen, I got your tomato tomato to me. I, I I look at it, and I like the consistency that I get out of a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. I, I just, I do. I get it, you know, in this format, you have to, you know, come up with certain explosive guys, and, and you know, you need to, to take some, some chances and take some shots um, on players like that. But you know what? I'd rather, you know, with my first couple of picks, I'd rather just kind of bang it out, get my nice core group in there, feel good about their touches, uh, what their floor is in comparison to, you know, other guys. And then if I, if to get some high ceiling guys, then that's when you take Will Fuller. Like, boom, there you go. I'll take Will Fuller in like the sixth round or seventh round where he falls to, to, to that spot. That dude could be a lead winner too if he stayed healthy all year. Yeah, I mean, that's the reason where he goes though is because of that injury. And I think people are probably shying away from him too much. Uh, I know. I'm shh, willing to take. Don't, don't, oh, shh, don't say that. Don't shh. buy right. into it. Just get, get, turn around. Come on, stop. I'd take him in the eighth round. <laughs> I'll I let mean, him follow I, the ninth. <laughs> nah, I, I, I passed on him in the FSGA, and I kind of look back and I wonder if I made a mistake uh, because it was between him and and Deontay Johnson, and I went Deontay Johnson, and I was really wrestling there with that decision. It was for my flex spot, too. Um, but Fuller has shown with Deshaun Watson that he could put up monster games. But there are a lot of injuries there. I mean, there's hamstrings. There's the shoulder. There's a lot. So, But we've seen it before. Players just injury prone. And all of a sudden, they have like a year where they stay healthy and produce. You know, Matthew Stafford was thought to be injury prone. And now he's like one of the most durable quarterbacks up until last year. So things can change pretty quickly. That they can. That they definitely can. So, all right. So, fresh draft right now. We, we did we did the uh, the Fantasy Alarm mock draft tonight uh, in the wake of all this news. And, you know, shout it out to John Impemba, who, uh, who's planning his flag. I was, doing a, I was doing a best ball draft with John that started about an hour before this, uh, the Fantasy Alarm uh, mock draft did. And John had the sixth pick in that one, and he had the sixth pick in this one. And he went Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, and both. And I mean, you know, I gave him I gave him crap about it because I'm like, oh, it's such a look at me pick. You want everybody to interview you now to ask you why you're so hyped up? I pulled that, you know, was it uh, last year, two years ago, when I when I pulled it on uh, on Kareem Hunt when he was with Kansas City, and I took him in the second round. Everybody's like, oh, it's such a such a look at me pick. So I was giving him crap about that, but I mean, let's let's talk about it like flat out, sixth overall. Um, where are you ranking Edwards Hilaire right now? Yeah, I'd probably take him seven. I would take uh, Miles Sanders over him. Michael Thomas, I think you can make a case for too. I mean, the thing with Thomas is it's just the running backs that are available you don't feel as good about. And this format too, the reason why Thomas fell, I think, in this format is it's only two running backs, two receivers, and a flex. So, And I hate that setup. Yeah, I, I I hate it terribly. Like you should be starting three wide receivers, and I'm I like start I like doing two running backs, three receivers, and two flex spots. I think we should be expanding starting lineups uh, because 
you should be rewarded for your good mid to late round picks. I don't know why we have leagues with such, with such shallow starting lineups. So I'm always a proponent, and that's what oh, I do I mean, in my home dude, league. Why, why do we have why do we have ten team leagues? We we have these we have these leagues because everybody wants to walk away from the draft with an A plus draft grade and, a, and nah, an all star team. I don't. I don't. I want the deeper lineups because I'm I want to get rewarded for my mid to late round picks. Um, the ten team leagues look. I I hate them, but I've always said to everyone, play in a league that's fun for you. Some people don't have a lot of friends; they can only find out other people. That's fine. Or, you know, do what you have to do. This is supposed to be fun. But when we're talking about on a real competitive level here and like industry, it should be we should have deeper starting lineups. And I do it in my home league. We do two running backs, three receivers and uh, two flex spots uh, with the tight end and the quarterback. So I, and usually that's a 14 team league. So I like the deeper lineups. I just I don't know. I just don't like. Two running backs, two receivers, one flex. We just don't like it being made easy for you. You know, you wanna, you wanna re like that's the thing. You wanna research teams. You wanna look deep into them. You wanna check out the systems that you know the coaches in, you know employ. You wanna see which personnel is gonna be, uh, you know, the number who who is that fourth wide receiver on the field that when they uh, when they stretch the 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 defense like that in a four wide out set. Like that, you want to know that. I'm, I'm with that, with you in that. I want to know that too. I like digging deep. I've, you know, I've expanded into doing a lot more IDP just to kind of do all of that. Now that's not mainstream either, but you know, I mean, listen, that's that's to each his own. But yeah, I mean, listen, it's, um, you know, the majority of the world, the majority of the world is Bob from accounting. I know that we, you know, we say that all the time. We say it on the live streams. I say it on the air all the time. Bob from accounting, he plays in a 10-team league. Uh, they start two wide receivers. They start a flex. They still use a kicker and a defense. Uh, and you know what? There's like an 82-year-old man in that league also who insists, insists that it still be standard. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't done the study, so I don't know what the most popular is. I still think 12 teams is more popular, just, you know, the questions I get. I don't think 10 are the most popular. I mean, there are people that play in 10 team leagues. I mean, that's the thing. There's such a variety of different formats and different starting lineups and different scoring systems from four points for a quarterback to six to super flex. So, you know, that's why you always kind of need all the details when answering these questions. But these 10 team leagues, the questions you get is like, well, I can start three receivers. I've got Julio Jones, Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, Robert Woods, T.Y. Hilton and Tyler Boyd, who would I start? I'm like, what the hell is this, man? I mean, like, in the leagues I'm in, those guys are starting on different teams. So it's just, it's tough, man. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, we say these 10-team teams, but when you have to make decisions like that, it's tough. And then, you know, we are answering, well, they're all great options, but I'll pick these three. And then, of course, one we leave off has the biggest game of the week. And it's like, what do you want me to do, man? You're playing in, like, a shallow format. Like, you know, you play in a deeper format, these aren't even questions. You're looking more at, do you start, uh, you know, Paris Campbell or Justin Jefferson? That's what you're looking at. And, you know, I'd rather do that. I would too. I mean, listen, yeah, it's so funny too. You talk about that, that, that kind of a question being thrown at you. Uh, and yeah, and of course the third wide receiver, like the first two work out beautifully. The third wide receiver uh, came up about four or five points short from the other wide receiver he was looking right, at. Right, and we ha and I and, had him ranked fifteen and sixteen. And and, said, and well, the dude loses his game. Right, he, he loses. He his game. <laughs> I don't see. I think mo most people, honestly, who are like subscribers to our site, they're pretty rational about it. You're always gonna get one or two out of like. 
15 or maybe 10 that don't see it. It's black and white for them. It's like, well, you told me the wrong thing. But most people, I think, understand, especially if you're giving them a detailed response and explaining it. There's always going to be one or two that just go off like, oh, you told me wrong. Like, well, you know, I, I had him ranked 16th this week at wide receiver, so I, I did like him, but you had the guy at 15. And what's what's the sorry? What's the best response you've given to somebody who uh, who who like hits you back with something like that? Oh, this is my favorite, Howard. I don't know if you've uh, heard me say this, but I love to say this. Like if someone says something and they go, oh, you told me to do this. I go, if it was so obvious, why did you have to ask me? Oh, see? Yeah. Okay. That's just right? straight I mean, for up. Real, like, for real. Like, it's like, oh, you told me wrong. I kept, well, all right. So why'd you ask me? It was clearly obvious. You're second guessing me right now. So why'd you ask me for it? If it was so obvious, you don't need me. Right? I mean, come on. I mean, and I think we're per- pretty honest about this stuff. We're going to get things wrong. No one is saying that we're a hundred percent. We do the best that we can with the research, the stats, the games that we watch. We have made incorrect decisions. And I, what I do, and I'm pretty sure you're, uh, I'll let you speak for yourself. I make decisions as if it was my team. When someone says to me, Hey, this is who I started. Like, well, I look at it from, well, if this was my decision and my team and I had big money on the line, this is what I would do. So if, it hurts you. It hurts me, too. I don't want you guys to make the wrong decision. But I think over the long haul, if you stick with us, you will see over the course of a season, most of the decisions that we make for you are going to be positive and help you win. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, listen, I, <laughs> I mean, if I'm if I'm answering a question and it's not just, you know, like me sitting there during a Twitter session where I'm trying to answer, you know, 500 questions in, in 20 minutes. Um, you know, then I'll just write names out. But I mean, I usually like my standard re- response is if it were my team, this is what I would do. And I just and I and I, I live by that and I do that. If they come back at me with a wrong call, I'm like, well, you know what? I heard that you were sleeping with my sister and then you just dropped her and started talking shit about her behind my back. Oh, so you I found gave, out about that? So I was like, so I gave you the wrong answer on purpose. <laughs> yeah dude if you, you had gotta... slept with my sister you would have razzed me so much about it already please do you have a sister i do have a sister I just, you know what oh, she's in new jersey oh okay yeah go look go <laughs> go look up dr bender dr samantha doctor? she's a doctor she's a doctor are you kidding my older brother's a doctor my younger sister's a doctor i'm the i'm the disappointment of the family Wow, I was gonna say that. Yeah, do your parents say that? No, right? They're like, "Oh, he's on the radio." I, I don't. Know. People I think people think like people think like highly when you're on the radio for some reason, and they think you make a lot of money, and they have no clue. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! Are you saying I'm not a celebrity? I mean, like a Z's list celebrity, but Z. Yeah, I don't even get first half of the alphabet. Nah, nah. That's crap, dude. I no, was talking. Your parents to... Do your parents mess with you like that, though? Oh no, I, I haven't spoken to my parents in uh, in over ten years. Oh, I didn't mean to bring up a sore <laughs> subject. Well, you know, last <laughs> night, last night you put me on the fantasy couch there. Also, I mean, if you wanted to like, dive in Jeez, therapeutically, man, can you just? I'm gonna need a check here to be your therapist. <laughs> I mean. Um, it's, 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 it's a long, long story. I'll share it with you another time. I, I've probably shared it on air uh, a couple of times. I'm not shy about it. It doesn't bother me. 
Um, it's it's just it's it's not. So a you good think story. it's because you're not a doctor, though? Oh no 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 no! But they they <laughs> won't reach out to me. They won't talk to me because I don't want kids. And, oh, that really? And my brother yes. has three sons, and my sister just gave birth uh, to a. So to what's a the problem? Baby they got girl. grandkids, like, right? right? They right. because. They don't. All right. So here you go. You ready? Here's here's the story. My parents, when I turned 18, destroyed my credit. They took all sorts of their business was going under. They took all their loans out and my student loans and my, you know, my sisters, eventually my sisters, who's, you know, younger than me, but uh, all her loans and shit like that went in my name. And then my parents just defaulted on it all. They like for a while they like they they were paying like five bucks a month just to keep the creditors off them, and then all of a sudden they just said, you know what? Pfft, there you go, we're done. We're not we're not paying this. We're not dealing with this, uh, and they just left it in my lap. So uh, that was a six figure number that I uh, that I, I got saddled with while trying to like establish yourself, um, at, you know, with credit and stuff. So big blowout there didn't happen. You know, there was there was possible chance of reconciliation. And, uh, and they just, they would not, they wouldn't admit that they did something wrong, you know, and there was a lot going on back and forth there. So we just, we stopped talking, but when there were, the reconciliation was there, uh, I heard from both my brother and my sister that if there was a possible, if I had kids, they easily would have reconciled, easily wow. would have reconciled. That's crazy, man. It's not, oh, dude, please, man. The life I've led, Adam, you you have no idea. Well, thank, thank goodness my mom still talks to me because I don't have any kids yet. Um, Well, because your mom, from everything I've heard, sounds like a really nice woman. <laughs> you haven't even heard anything. I've, I've, I've heard you say stuff before. Anybody, listen, if anybody who speaks respectfully about their parents, oh, good, there you go. Enjoy it. I love it. And and do your thing, so. But yeah, man, dude, my world. Oh, what a nightmare! What a nightmare! All right, let's go on to more positive things then. Yeah, let's definitely go on a more positive thing. Let's talk about. All right, so first of all, you said you take Clyde Edwards Hilaire seventh in the draft. Yeah, you would go McCaffrey, Barkley, Elliott, Cook, Kamara, Miles Sanders, all over Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah, and I think Michael Thomas, too. Uh, I haven't done it yet. I probably want to do a best bowler draft or something. Look, Michael Thomas has one of the highest floors, and he's got a high ceiling. I understand why people are so enamored with taking a running back, but as I have said and done in drafts, I just want to – I'm fine just getting one good running back, especially in a format where you have to start two running backs, three receivers, and a flex – I'm not worried about that second running back. I'll figure it out, especially in the redraft league. There's the waiver wire. I mean, I think people are scared maybe because last year's waiver wire didn't provide any good running backs. It's going to be different this year. Injuries happen. We got COVID-19. So I just want to get one good one. So, my, But it's hard to pass Michael Thomas 6-7-8. It really is. Because what do you want in the first round? You want a high floor, right? A low bust rate. That's Michael Thomas. Like, how does Michael Thomas have a bad year unless he gets hurt? I just don't see it. Um, I mean, especially with Jameis Winston now as the backup in uh, in New Orleans. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Michael Thomas, uh, phenomenal year. I, I passed over him in this uh, in this draft to go Joe Mixon uh, because I already have, like, a ton of shares of Michael Thomas. And, you know, I just I'd like to 
to mix it up a little bit. I'll still always take Jordan Howard on every team I own, but I, I tried to like, you know, take some guys that I don't normally take either. That's interesting because this is a mock that our readers are going to look at. So shouldn't you just treat it as an isolated draft? I mean, see, that's that's something, too, that is is very interesting when it comes to a mock because some people like to experiment. But is that is that fair? I think you need to when you talk about it or write about it, I think you need to be transparent because people might not have maybe just tuned in for the first time. They're going to open up this and we go, oh, what does Howard think? And they're going to be like, wow, Howard likes mixing over Thomas. But do you overall? Um, I, you know what? In if all money's I on the line, if my, you're playing in a big money league, are you taking Michael Thomas or Joe Mixon? Yeah, I'd probably take Michael Thomas. Yeah. See, I mean, I that's the thing is I don't – and I, we do less and less mocks now. I mean, I don't. This is the only mock I'll probably wind up doing. I do – my mocks have become best ball drafts. You know, right. some money on the line. This way, no one's timing out. I mean, obviously, everyone was serious here because it's a fantasy alarm mock. But mock drafts, I think, have really kind of gone south. But I understand why people use them to experiment and try different strategies. But I just think it needs to be transparent to the reader. Yeah, but all right. So you, you make a great point, though, that your mocks have turned into best ball drafts. But... You draft a best ball draft differently than you draft a regular draft. And I'll give you the perfect example. I think Jim Bowden is all in the best ball mindset here uh, because what did he do? Two defenses and two kickers? Like, that's not a, yeah, that's not a move that you do unless you're playing best ball. Correct. I mean, there's, there's slight differences in best ball. Uh, you know, there are certain players that maybe you push up in best ball a little bit. Uh, I still kind of have for the most part, a similar strategy. I'm just looking to take the best guys. What I will do in a best ball, obviously I'm going to be a little bit more cognizant of taking the running backs early, whereas in a redraft league, I don't care. Um, I'm just going to, especially if I'm picking the top three, and I did in the FSG, I don't care. And everyone's critic, oh, your RB2 is Jordan Howard and you got no one else. Don't worry, guys. I will figure it out. I did it last <laughs> year. I will do it again. Like, these people who want to analyze your draft on draft day, it's so stupid, man. I just wanted to line them all up and smack them in the face and say, <laughs> talk to me at the end of the year, man. I mean, I went through this. Like, I did it in the FSGA last year, and I won the league. You know, I'm not saying that it's going to happen again this year, but, like, that's what people – oh, his RB2 is so weak. You can't win like that. Well, did you ever hear of the waiver wire managing your team during the year? I understand people need to analyze stuff, you know, the day after and all that, but – just, it's so annoying. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, again, it's Monday morning quarterbacks, and everybody has a, you know, has an opinion. You know, and, and I'll tell you what. You know what the thing about it is also is that there are so many blogs, sites, magazines, leaflets, pamphlets, uh, where everybody is a, is a fantasy expert. And listen, I love it. I love, I love helping along guys who are really hungry, who want to, you know, who want to do this. But the problem is, is that when you do have, when you expand the field that much, everybody's an expert and everybody knows what they're doing. Everybody's got, you know, their opinions. And and that's, you know, at certain points, you know, it, it's almost a little worrisome that, you know, Bob from accounting, who's got, you know, just enough money in his, in his monthly budget to subscribe to a service, like he's really got to be picky about where he goes with his, uh, with his pick because there are there are a lot of people or a lot of places out there that just 
they think they're giving good advice, but like when you hear them talk, like if you've been around in the industry for a while, you're just like, wow, that's just not even, it's not even true. And, and, it, and it's worrisome that, you know, that people do. I'm not saying I'm the best. I'm the be all end all here. This isn't a, a, an ego pump for me. It's just, it's a matter of, you know, really understanding where you're getting your information from. Who's doing the analysis? How long have they been doing it? Uh, you know, how long might not be as, as necessary, but, you know, when you get guys who are sitting here trying to like throw all these like rando stats at you, you know, you, you look and you're like, why are you basing so much of your opinions on year to year stats when this dude's on a totally different team with a new offensive coordinator uh, and total different personnel? Like, I mean, I get what you're saying about earlier when you were saying that about DeAndre Hopkins, I just think, I mean, listen, how many, how many quarterbacks has Hopkins had to go through from Brock Osweiler to, to, to Deshaun Watson to, uh, there, there were a whole bunch of other crap sucking guys, uh, that, that he was dealing with. So, you know, but I mean, people who sit there and look at year to year numbers, uh, you know, without thinking about the changes and stuff, I, I, it's unbelievable. You know, when I started, looking at teams that way it was amazing to me to to learn how few people actually do know the game of football i had to learn the game of football because i didn't play you know my mom wouldn't sign the permission slip um you know so i had to learn how to analyze football and that's you know that's not easy to do if you haven't played the game and there are a ton of people uh in the industry who have never played the game and have no idea what they're looking for well, I think the other problem, and this happens across a lot of sports, I just don't think people construct rosters properly. I just see these drafts and what people are doing, and it just boggles my mind. You know, it's like they're just drafting off a top 200 list and just taking the highest guy remaining off that list. And that's just not how you put a team together. So that's one thing that I find puzzling about a lot of uh, people in the industry uh, that they just don't get roster construction. And I think it's a very important factor of having success. And a lot of people get it wrong. Well, I agree. I mean, to your point, we're talking about tonight's mock. Two two running backs, two wide receivers, and one flex. I was like, listen, I'm just going to push down wide receiver. Yeah, I took DeAndre Hopkins. Um, but I was like, you know, listen, I'm fine with three running backs in my first, you know, first four picks just because, I, you know, I know the depth of the position. Uh, and, and the fact that you only have to start two on a regular basis, I mean, really, what is that? You know, you grab two, like, solid guys at each position, running back and wide receiver. Those are supposed to be, that's supposed to be your bread and butter, you know? So, like, in this one here, if I'm looking at it, my flex would be, you know, my, my running backs would be Mixon and Montgomery. My flex would be Jordan Howard. And I start DeAndre Hopkins and Keenan Allen every week. Like, that's that's what I'm looking to do in my first, you know, first few picks like that set that starting lineup yeah i'm looking to take the best players early on uh i i know that i will figure it out and i think yeah maybe some people did push wide receivers down i think maybe a little bit too much because injuries are going to happen and just your top five is not going to be your starting lineup every week every week uh, we know things are going to happen so i just want to make sure i have a, a ton of running backs and receivers i was picking 12 maybe it could have gone a little bit earlier on tight end you know i I'm not. I'm kind of torn on Tyler Higby because you know, he obviously finished the season strong, but you know, are they going to involve Everett more? Uh, they were. They've been very high on Everett, and that's the first time we've seen Higby do anything. 
But I thought, you know, round nine or 10, that's the opportunity to take him. And then, um, you know, I wanted Gasecki and you took him. So oh, well, everybody waited. else took I, my tight ends, man. What? <laughs> Everyone took my tight ends, Hayden Hurst and Hunter Henry. Yeah, I mean, that's what happened. You know, when you're picking 12, uh, it's going to happen quite a bit. So I just said, all right, you know what? If I'm not getting a tight end early, I'm just going to wait and I'll get two. And, you know, hopefully one of them breaks out. So that's the way I looked at it. Uh, but I still want to load up on on running backs and receivers. Uh, I knew I was going to get a good quarterback. Uh, I guess uh, a lot of people were listening to my rants about taking backup quarterbacks, <laughs> and a lot of people only took one. So that's nice to know that Fantasy Alarm is listening to my rants because <laughs> I've been saying that and this was 18 rounds, but it just except uh, well except in Pemba, I guess he wants me to yell at him next time. I mean, you, if you take Patrick Mahomes. Why do you need Cam Newton? I don't understand it. Well, because Cam Newton's the homer pick. Right? Cam I Newton... get it, but still, are you ever going to start Cam Newton over Patrick Mahomes? When Patrick Mahomes care, is on a bye. I don't care what matchup Patrick Mahomes has. Are you going to bench him? Like, if he no. plays the Ravens, are you no. going to bench him? No, no, and they no, play no, the no, Ravens, no. I believe, I'm in never... week three on Monday night. Listen, I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to bench Mahomes in favor of who my backup is. I don't like... See, that's the thing. You want to talk about roster construction. I don't want to change my starting lineup from week to week unless there is an injury or a buy. I want to make sure that I have the guys who I have the confidence in. I mean, you always end up playing matchups with that, you know, wide receiver three or something like that. But my RB1, my wide receiver one, my QB1, my tight end one, those guys are starting for me. Like, that's it. That's why they're, that's why they were picked where they were picked. You know, like that to me, that's what I want to do. I want to, I don't want to make, I don't want to play matchups every week. I don't want to have to dive into it. I want guys on my team who I just, I know dude's going to start. Dude's going to get 20 touches a game. This dude's going to start. He's going to see seven, eight targets a game. I'm good. Boom. Bam. I don't have to like sit there and like, you know, mm, well, let's see, you know, Curtis Samuel and he's going to, you know, he's going to be uh, in a soft off, soft matchup here. So maybe I'll uh, I'll start him over Jamison Crowder or Anthony. Like, I mean, I don't want to have to make that decision. I want boom. I want guys I'm comfortable with in this one here. Like, you know, I would just my my biggest switch here would just be my uh, my flex play. And am I going to flex, you know, Jordan Well, that's Howard. what you think. You would have said that last year, taking David Montgomery in the third round, and he shit the bed. Right, so. which, which fine. Then, I, then, then Jordan Howard and Joe Mixon are my starting running backs, and I flex Marvin Jones. Ooh, I have no problem flexing Marvin Jones, right? Yeah, I still think that you – I want to have that, those decisions. That means I drafted a really good team with a lot of depth. So I, I want I want my 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th round picks to break out. They're all not going to, but I want them to be a factor. I, I, I want them to also. That's not that I'm not saying that I don't want to. I just don't want to have to sit there. I'm not going to draft a team that's going to force me into making those decisions. I'm not going to draft Patrick Mahomes and then three rounds later take Russell Wilson so that I yeah, can well, what, that's, play that's that matchup. Ridiculous. I mean, the court, and I, I see it across the industry, man. I saw someone take, I think it was Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray in back to back rounds. And I'm like, what are you doing? And don't even tell me, well, we can make a trade. No one's trading for a quarterback in an industry league. Well, then again, there are some dumb people in this industry. So maybe they will. I'll take that back. But 
like, why are you doing that for? It makes no sense. And then someone in a home league will do it too. I mean, I was in a draft last year where this guy took his third quarterback before I took my backup. For what, man? No one's trading with you. You're passing on potential receivers or running backs. You know you're going to have injuries. No one goes through the season unscathed. You need that depth. Quarterback, man, like it, when I see the Mahomes and Lamar Jackson owners take backups in a 16-18 round draft, I'm just shaking my head. I'm like, I don't know what you guys are doing. So I did see fewer people take a backup quarterback in this. So uh, I guess I got in the head of some people. You're in my head. You're in my mind. Yeah, I only I took Matt Ryan. I was like, I'm good with that. That's fine. And yeah, and it was kind of funny because I went through that whole thought process of like, you know, recognizing in the middle of the draft, being like, this is not best ball. I do not need to save, you know, an extra two roster spots at the end of this draft for another kicker and a defense. Like I, you know, and that. and you got the and the perfect reason why you do it is look at two of your picks, Darrington Evans. Okay. What if Derrick Henry gets hurt? What if Derrick Henry opts out? Boom, you got a starting running back. Joshua Kelly. What if Austin Eckler gets hurt or something happens to him? Kelly's in the mix now with Justin Jackson. That's the reason why you do it. And it's not always going to work out because I did it last year in the FSGA. So instead of taking a backup quarterback, and Jameis Winston was my starting quarterback in a 14-team league. And there were a lot of people last year who were like, oh, Winston is too inconsistent. He throws interceptions. You can't rely on him as your starting quarterback. I was all in on him. It worked out. I know he threw the 30 interceptions, but in fantasy, for the most part, he came through. And so I did take that risk, and I took Raquel Armstead late. Did it work out? No, because Armstead, Fournette stayed healthy and was the guy all year long. But I would make the same move again and again. And in that same league where people were taking – I think almost every team took a backup quarterback, and I said, these guys are going to drop quarterbacks. This was 16 roster spots, 14-team league. I said they're going to drop them because the bye weeks are going to come and the injuries, they're going to drop them. What happened? Someone dropped Josh Allen. What did I do? I picked him up. I, I My roster is – I know what my roster is at that point. I had receivers, depth. The only weakness I really had was uh, tight end because I drafted O.J. Howard and it didn't work out. So I was trying to figure that out every single week. But I knew the quarterbacks were going to be dropped. So I picked up Josh Allen. And I think I still use Winston most of the time, but Josh Allen was valuable in fantasy. It's going to happen. All those backup quarterbacks that are, people are taking in the draft, you can't hold the two quarterbacks all year long. You got injuries. You got bye week issues. You want to stash a running back? They're going to be dropped. They're not keeping them, especially when you have Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott last year. Let's not forget, Dak Prescott was going as a backup quarterback in a lot of leagues. I mean, I got Dak Prescott really late in some leagues. He was disrespected, even though he was a QB1 his first three years and had six rushing touchdowns in each of his first three years, but yet people didn't believe in him. So then the person who has Dak Prescott, after seeing what he does, all right, well, now I can trust him. Who's my backup quarterback? Oh, yeah, I'm going to cut him. It happens every year. You know what else happens all the time? Cowboys fans always have to sit there and stick their Cowboys into the conversation when it's not even relevant. Okay, you're telling me Dak Prescott wasn't a backup quarterback in most leagues? People took him as a backup quarterback in a lot of leagues. I had a league where I took Russell Wilson and then Dak Prescott in the double-digit rounds. I was like, really? Why is he still here? So it has nothing to do with that. I mean, well, maybe I, I just can't really more say anything positive about Sam there. Darnold last year. Sorry about that. but Oh, hey, hey, needless swipe there. Come on. Hey, do, I got love for your Jets, bro. I like Brashad Perryman. We got I like gaced. Chris Herndon. We got what? gaced. 
right? <laughs> right? There's the t-shirt. Yeah, we got gased. Forget we got got. We got gased. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. Um, all right. Well, listen, this was supposed to be a quickie, and here we yeah, go. It's, it's uh, never a quickie. We're over there, right? It's never. <laughs> oh, man. That Adam and Howard, they have such stamina. It's unbelievable. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Unbelievable. Well, my wings from uh, Magic City are getting cold. I ordered those uh, so to go. So. All right. And by the way, Taylor Rogers made an appearance in an MLB game and got a save. No Thank way. you. Hey, oh, <laughs> Mazel Tov. Robinson Cano sucks, bro. Base is loaded and he hits a little soft bloopers up beyond the shortstop and kills the Mets rally. Dude, Can 60, we send him back to the Yankees? He's 63 years old, man. Come on. He's 63. Why you gotta be like that? Why you gotta be like that? I can't that? stand him. He's like, doesn't hustle. He's an out at the plate. Ugh, get him off the team. All right. Well, wah, wah. yeah, we got the best years out of Robbie Cano. And we're very happy about that. Either way, that's going to do it for us here on Annie Up. A little football here in the midst of it all. Get ready, people. Tomorrow is going to be, well, tomorrow is going to be today for all of you guys listening out there. But tomorrow night, Adam and I get some uh, some some opening night basketball to talk about. And you know Adam's going to be freaking out, right? Aren't you, Adam? You're going to be freaking out tomorrow, aren't you? Nah, I'm not going to be freaking out. I'm not, nah, I'll be fine. You it's sure? only two games. Yeah, only two games. You sure, you see all those those uh, DK uh, prop picks for uh, LeBron versus Zion for first game for first night. Well, we got to see if Zion's going to play and if he's going to be on a minutes limit. I mean, he looks like he's going to be a game time call. I expect him to play because again, this is a huge game for the Pelicans. But uh, let me. I'm waiting for uh, the Fanduel Sportsbook has this uh, thing where for all the people, it's oh wow. So the Lakers are now plus eight. So, oh, you were telling more, me about that. <laughs> yeah, 17 more customers to get to plus nine. I'm jumping in on this tomorrow. It's a max bet of 50 bucks at minus, one ten, minus 110. They did this with the Sixers a couple months back, and I think the line was like 51. <laughs> we're not going to get to that level, but yeah, I'm going to jump in on that. Lakers better cover that number. I don't see how they don't. I mean, the Clippers are going to be out. My Trezel Harrell uh, looks like Lou Williams is out. You know, he's getting your wings to your house and we got to see if Patrick Beverly plays. So uh, we still got time. Let's get that number to like 16, 17 people head down to the FanDuel sports book on your app and bet the Lakers. There it goes. There it goes. That's going to do it for us here tonight on Annie up. Big thanks to everybody out there for watching. Oh, let me give, you know what? We always do this. You always, I always get caught up talking here. I got to give that shout out to my boys over at monkey knife fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning. Even you, Adam. Even you. Uh, monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and esports, too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else monkeyknifefight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word, A N T E U P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. 
With a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'll try and get those reads in down a little bit earlier. But you know, again, listen. This is this is what happens. Adam and I. We 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 have this is our first show together. Our first time we've gotten to do a cons- consistent show. This is conversations. You know, beyond belief. We got a lot to say and. You know, we got a lot, lot to listen to here. So uh, that's what's going to happen. Uh, enjoy. Big thanks to you guys for all listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time.